Karen Middleton is our correspondent in Australia. She's chief political correspondent for the Saturday paper, but I think she's transitioning to an exciting new job as the Guardian's um, political editor. Karen, congratulations. Good morning. Thank you, Catherine. Good morning to you. Yes, it's all come in a bit of a rush, and I've got a couple of weeks left. Goodness, where I am at the Saturday paper and then Guardian Australia. So it'd be exciting new adventure. It will indeed. Now, let's have a look at some of the politics around at the moment. Uh, there's an upgrade to privacy law. This is going to criminalise doxing. This is interesting. Just remind people what it is first and then what the law says. Yes, so doxing is the sort of malicious leaking of private information. So it comes from documents and it's, you know, your private details, your name, address, other private information that gets leaked with malicious intent. And this is coming, this has arisen because there was a, a WhatsApp group, so a group of people of Jewish background who were um, messaging each other on the uh, messaging encrypted messaging app WhatsApp, and that converse, all those conversations were leaked and published uh, and it was allegedly done by a pro-Palestinian group. So it's in the context of the conflict in the Middle East, as we've seen, that has caused uh, unrest right across the world in the diaspora groups and people who feel affected by that. Here, it, people are very distressed that, that because of their Jewish faith, they have been uh, exposed, their, their, their private messages have been exposed. These are all people who work in the creative industries and were formed this group to support each other. The Prime Minister's condemned this activity, uh, the leaking of this, and is very concerned generally about the rise of anti-Semitism in Australia and indeed race, uh, faith-based prejudices generally. And so they're now looking at trying to upgrade privacy laws and other laws to criminalise the act of doxing to, to try and stop this from happening again. And there's, there's a great deal of concern about, you know, unrest in the community as a result of strongly held views, passionate views and emotional responses to the war in Gaza. And now the government's trying to step in to at least curtail this kind of behaviour. Yeah, of course, it often is used to target uh, politicians um, and other high-profile people as well. It's a very unpleasant activity. Um, and in this Indeed. context, yeah, very, uh, very sensitive. Let's talk about uh, a big weather outage happening at the moment, or happened yesterday, did it, in Victoria? Half a million homes lost yeah. power. Yeah, look, Catherine, it was a crazy weather day in Victoria. They had some two things happening at once. They had cyclonic winds and, and storms right across the state and in the northwest they had a what they think was this dry lightning strikes that caused fires around the Grampians mountain regions so the, particularly the town of Pomona which is just just under 250 kilometers northwest of Melbourne uh, it's really been affected by the fires homes and other structures lost five firefighters very lucky to be alive when they had one of those flash burnover uh, incidents and then uh, the winds that were so high, I mean, all of these things in the end are all connected, uh, knocked out six uh, power transmission towers all at once. I think the winds were 130 kilometres an hour, something like that. And that knocked out the power to half a million homes across Victoria. Now, they've restored the power to about half of those, but the rest of them are still without electricity today and they're not clear exactly when that's going to be restored. So a sort of double whammy of the winds and the fires, and yet another reminder that we are in um, kind of uh, uncharted weather territory here, and everybody's looking at climate change and saying, is this the new normal, which is very distressing, but a very stressful 24 hours for the people of Victoria, and sadly for some of them, that will go on for a while yet. 
There was all a debate around the voice, of course, uh, but subsequent to that, there appears to be an update on the Indigenous disadvantage in Australia. There's an annual statement, is there, on the gap between uh, Indigenous Australians and, and others? That's right. It's called the Closing the Gap Statement. Closing the Gap has been a phrase that's been commonly used, really going all the way back to the formal apology that then Prime Minister Kevin Rudd made to the people we call members of the stolen generations. There was a, a pol- official policy by governments for decades in Australia to remove Indigenous children from their families and place them with non-Indigenous families. Um, it, it was seen as a very damaging policy and an attempt almost to wipe Indigenous people out, albeit under the auspices of welfare. And so there was finally an official apology in, in 2008. Ever since then, we've had an annual statement looking at the, the social disadvantage indices and trying to close them. And unfortunately, every year we are disappointed. And this year is no different, sadly. Prime Minister Albanese describes it as inexcusable yesterday, the state of Indigenous disadvantage ongoing in Australia. They had sort of 19 indices or areas that they track. Only four of those were on track to meet the improvement targets that had been set, and another four were actually going backwards. So both the Prime Minister and the opposition leader lamented this and said we all need to do better. Um, the government, of course, as you mentioned, is, has really been struggling uh, to, well, hasn't been talking much about Indigenous affairs since the October referendum on the voice that you mentioned that was so wholeheartedly rejected. And that was supposed to have been a, a permanent advisory body uh, entrenched in the constitution. It was made up of Indigenous Australians to advise governments on Indigenous matters that affected matters that affected them directly. That doesn't exist, so the government hasn't really said a lot since. But this is really the first time it's it's come out and made a major statement on Indigenous affairs. And what they are doing is saying they're going to focus on the practical stuff, you know, improving housing, improving health, improving improving economic status. And they made an announcement of creating 3,000 jobs right across Indigenous communities in remote areas to replace a program that had effectively been a, a make-work scheme that didn't do anything to train people for ongoing participation in the workforce. And this program, this new program, they say, is going to be different and is designed to stimulate economic activity, create opportunities in these in these communities, pay people properly and, and give them jobs that are actual jobs, not just, you know, painting rocks and doing other things. So they're trying to seize back the narrative and, and, and begin a positive story again um, on the Indigenous affairs. Now, it's all on. Um, it's kind of like the Queen visiting, isn't it, in a former generation? <laughs> you mean the Tay-Tay? The Tay-Tay's touching down Amber. this weekend. Yeah, so touchdown. I suppose we can, you know, she's That's had a, a nice little play on super, words, eh? Yes, bit of bit of Super Bowl action she's had with her boyfriend over there at the Kansas City Chiefs and the Super Bowl. But she's on her way here very shortly. Uh, and the Tay Tay fans, who are many and varied, are very excited. I'm a Tay Tay fan. I confess, I put my hand up. I was one of the people who sat on the internet trying to get tickets. I was one who failed, but four hundred and fifty thousand people succeeded, Catherine. And uh, the concerts will start in Melbourne this weekend. So people are very, very excited. And they are expecting it will have an impact on the economy. In fact, the Reserve Bank governor got a question about it at her first press conference. She's going to have to hike interest rates for a week, is she? Yeah. Well, 
Well, they will have to. They will have to watch the spike in spending on merch. Yes. So look, it's it's a it's a bizarre phenomenon. She's a hugely popular figure. We'll see how it goes as she tours Australia. Four million Australians tried to get tickets. Probably a few Kiwis in that as well. I mean, what's your population? That's about one sixth of your population, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, it makes me feel slightly better that I was a doofus and didn't manage to get through because uh, I, I was one of four million who who tried and only four hundred and fifty thousand tickets were sold. But you know, uh, yeah, she was popular and it's it's being held as a sort of unprecedented event, really. And uh, the road show will roll right around the country, and we are going to hear a lot more about Taylor Swift. Pink is also here. Fantastic. Pink's, uh, done you know, it war, so yeah, all all, all power to them after that. You know, time when we couldn't get out and do things and gather together and scream and shout and enjoy live acts. It's wonderful to see. And I know um, I've not seen Pink live, but I've heard people rave about her live performance, uh, the, the physical oh, performance. I have seen her live. Yeah. She's incredible. Yes. Yeah. She's also very much worth seeing. Yeah. Enjoy. Thank you. Karen Middleton, our Australian correspondent.